go. And we're started. Lance Rubin, thank you very, very much for joining me uh, on James Pay Presents. Um, I, the last James Pay Presents I'd done, Lance, I was criticized by a friend of mine for the intros being too long. So I'm going to go straight into it and go, our, our, our paths crossed on LinkedIn, and it's been great actually seeing your work and my work. So tell me a bit more about you, Lance, and tell the guys out there all about Lance Rubin. Thanks, James, and thanks for having me on uh, the James Perry Presents uh, Live. So, um, yeah, I mean, we met on LinkedIn. I, um, I've had 20-plus years in corporate, um, and I guess the last two and a half years I've um, joined the gig economy as a, as a worker in the way that work has changed. Um, yeah. And so I'm now not doing uh, one role, I'm doing three roles, um, and actually part of that is also a business owner. So I'm actually, one actually isn't a role, I'm the owner of Model Citizen and Founder, um, and, uh, you know, we help people make better decisions. So, um, I've joined, uh, Brad and the outperformer. I work very closely with David Boyer. Uh, these are two very passionate people. I love talking and collaborating with passionate people. And, um, yeah, fundamentally I, I, I realized that I could find better things in my life than, than going to a nine to five job. And, uh, the world is changing so quickly yeah. and corporates are moving so slowly that, you know, it's not as scary. Yes, it's scary, but it's not as scary as what people might think. I have more advanced technology myself without an IT department. My IT department's called Google. And, um, you know, <laughs> I'm able to, to effectively do things and travel the world and my entire business is cloud-based. So, um, you know, there's just things that, 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 that I've been able to, um, you know, adapt and, and, and change to, to kind of do things that I want to do and that I'm passionate about. And that's about helping people um, upskill in financial modeling and, and make better decisions as businesses. Fantastic stuff. Um, I've had a call with Brad, great guy. And I'll on a call as well with Dave. And there's a podcast being released today. I heard about that, from but we won't spoil it for too many people. <laughs> well, from the trenches with Dave uh, Boyer and me. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, and that's fantastic. You're an accountant as well, fellow accountant. Yes, I am. I'm a chartered accountant, but I don't like to call myself an accountant. Um, yeah, I'd rather call here, myself same, a, same here. A, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm a solution provider. You know, I'm, I help people make better decisions using um, financial modeling as a tool and a skill. Are you, and you're dual qualified, are you with the Institute of South Africa and Australia? Um, well, technically not because I haven't paid my South African registration fees. But <laughs> well, <laughs> so, no, so, <laughs> um, but, but, but yes, I am. So, so on paper, um, I'm a CA, um, a CASA, which is the South African, South African yeah. CA. And then I'm a CA ANZ, which is Australian and actually New Zealand because yeah. they merged the two. Merged. Um, so, so, so yeah, I'm technically both, but I'm, I'm, I'm remaining a, a chartered accountant of Australia, New Zealand. So for all the guys out there that are non-accountants and for some accountants, what's What is financial modeling? Great question. And, and, and I think the way I'll put it simply is just making better strategic decisions um, by solving problems. Um, and that means looking forward, not backwards. So, you know, things like cash flow, valuation, you know, a range of social issues. I'm now building models that, that, that are dealing with homelessness and uh, chronic illness. Right. Um, so, you know, how, does you, how do you model the intervention program of bringing people off the street through a program, helping them with social workers and um, getting them off the streets, getting them paying jobs, that actually saves the government money and the government will 
how do you structure a model to divide the payments for those savings? So that's the sort of stuff that I'm really passionate about. And I love doing, and I'm working on on a few of those at the moment. So ultimately, I'll come back to you know talking about making relevant, informed, and purposeful decisions with insight. That's what we do. We help people make things complex things made simple by making better decisions. And um, that goes to the core of financial modeling. People think Excel is financial modeling. Excel is just a tool. It's much more than that. Financial modeling is about um, cash flow, about accounting. You need to know accounting. You can't build a model on nothing. It's got to apply to the accounting standards. Um, But fundamentally, it's also about problem solving. And then lastly, of course, it's about Excel. You actually need to know how to use Excel pretty well. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's all of that wrapped into, into one. But the value is in the decision, the strategic decision that's looking forward. The, if you had mentioned financial modeling to me, it would have been, yeah, someone sitting in, in Excel doing an impairment of goodwill. Apologies to all the non-accounts <laughs> out there. Um, doing a budgeting process, whatever that may be. But you're talking about social issues. That's fairly amazing. Um, yeah. I, Especially with it's not just for accountants. It's you know, people accountants accountants um, are, are not the only people that use Excel, and are not the only people that, that are building models. You know, uh, every single person, whether they're part of the sales and marketing team, or whether they're part of the operations team, or they're part of the strategy team, everyone makes decisions in business. Yeah. Everyone makes decisions in their life. Everyone can use financial modeling to make better decisions, and that's what that's about. That's that's a phenomenal way to look at it. Making better decisions for your life is. And who knew who knew Excel would help you with that? That's great stuff. Next one then, in terms of let's go into the more personal mindset end of it, because a lot of people, Lance, that watches James Pray presents art accountants, net won't necessarily be using Excel every day. Um, but in terms of your professional life, in terms of your personal life, what hurdles have you had to overcome? Um, that's a great one, James. Um, I think one of the things I struggled with was, um, I was actually very shy as a kid. Um, I think one of, one of my best mates who saw me recently, he's now living in Perth said he was gobsmacked when he saw me standing in front of a crowd of 50 people talking. He just didn't think that was me. So, um, I actually used to cry at school. Um, I actually cried at school. I got bullied. I cry Um, now. I still cry now. (laughs) <laughs> and and so and so you know i i was i was very emotional and 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 one day i woke up and i and i said you know what this this can't go on so i thought you know i'm feeling unhappy i need to suck it up so i started martial arts because i really wanted to deal with how do i emotionally feel better and stronger and how do i build resilience um i didn't have a lot of friends um you know i had i had a couple of good friends but but generally i you know i just felt like my, my network was was very very small. I, I, you know, I kind of hung out with the other nerds and the other, you know, shy and, and sad people. And I kind of wanted something different. So um, on top of that, I then, so, so that was one personal thing which I faced early on. But then, then I threw myself probably with the biggest challenge of my personal life is immigration. So I left South Africa and immigrated uh, to Australia. Yeah. And I lived in Sydney. Um, I lived in Sydney for seven years. Uh, and then if that wasn't good enough, I threw in another challenge and I moved to Melbourne. Um, and so I've been in Melbourne, um, you know, almost 11 years. So, you know, I've, I've been in the country, you know, you know, 17, 17 years and, and, um, you know, changing life and changing, you know, your group of friends and, and yes, your family is still your family, but, you know, and with technology, um, it's still amazing, um, to, to keep in contact with them. But I think the challenges that I faced there personally helped me professionally as well, deal with challenges and change. 
What was the challenge then, just out of interest, from moving from Sydney to Melbourne? Ah, oh, geez. Um, it, most people don't know this, but Sydney and Melbourne are so different that you wouldn't actually think that they're in the same country, right? Okay. Um, most people outside of Australia don't know that, but people inside Australia, there's a very big divide, actually. You kind of either love Sydney and hate Melbourne or vice versa. And you'll, you'll find very few people that, that, that um, and I say that, honestly, there's very few people that really like both. When I left Sydney, I disdained Melbourne. I didn't like the weather. It was cold. Um, the, the water was, the, the, you know, they said, oh, we've got a beach. There's no beach. There's no waves. It's, 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 it's a bay, right? So, um, you know, you've got, to tra- you've got to travel a good 45 minutes to get in your waves. I want a beach. I want Bondi Beach. I want the sun. I want warmth. Um, that's the Australia that I, you know, um, got used to. But then I got to, Melbourne got to grow on me. And it, it was more about, you know, being with family and, and, and you know, the, the, the cold actually brought you closer indoors. Um, and, it's, and it's very flat. And the people in Melbourne aren't as stuck up as the people in Sydney. Okay. And, you know, Sydney is very fast paced. You know, glitz and glamour, it's about where you live, it's about what car you drive, and, 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 and you don't have a lot of space to live, so everyone lives on top of each other. Whereas Melbourne, it's a bit more relaxed, a lot more cosmopolitan. There are actually more bars and clubs in Melbourne than there are in Sydney. Not many people know that. But Sydney's got the glitz and the glamour of, of a big city. The interesting thing is, when you leave work, everyone leaves the Sydney city, mostly. And they go back to their local, you know, most of the people living in, in, in the east where, where I was living mainly, you know, would go, would go to the east and, and spend their nights, you know, on Bondi Beach or, 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 or somewhere else. But in Melbourne, it's the other way around. People go to the city because the city in Melbourne is vibrant. So the city of Sydney looks beautiful, but it's got no soul. The, the, the city of Melbourne has got wonderful soul. It's got these alleyways. It's got, it's got phenomenal restaurants. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's very different. Um, and it's, it's got that real good, almost European type feel about it uh, in Melbourne. Um, Melbourne's actually got the largest Greek community outside Greece. Um, so, um, and the food is, is just incredible. So I actually probably one of the few people that love both cities. Um, but I have most of my, my good friends still in Sydney. Um, so for me, Sydney still is kind of like my second home in Australia. So if I'm in my travels, I'd definitely be, uh, Melbourne will be on the list. But you're talking about uh, sort of resilience there. So yes. what tools did you use to overcome those challenges? So how did you become from being the shy person at school to talking in front of big crowds? Um, James, I, I did it out of um, survival, really. Um, I mean, I think, I think I realized if I wanted to achieve, um, you know, I went on, um, w- when I left uh, PwC, uh, and I uh, went to Investec Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ex Grant Thornton, I have to say that. Well, I'm ex KPMG as well, so you've got to be careful. Double boo, double boo. Um, so, no, I, I ultimately, um, you know, when I left, uh, when, when I left uh, the big four accounting firms and went to an investment bank, I had to suddenly become front office um, um, and doing deals with clients and starting to kind of step away from the screen and communicate and sell and pitch so I think, um, you know, I started learning some of that as a, as a matter of course, you know, as part of my role. So I started being able to improve my communication skills as an investment banker. Then I went back into finance at National Australia Bank and I was a finance partner and I had to communicate with the business around their results. So, yeah. so my, my interpersonal skills started to develop. Um, and then at, at, at NAB, I became a, a senior leader. So I had 26 staff at one stage. 
And I guess you, you, you don't, you know, you can't be shy in that case. You often have to stand up in front of your entire team and talk to people. So, so you know, I went on numerous leadership courses and, and public speaking courses. And, and I think, you know, you have to kind of push yourself outside of your comfort zone. That's the only way. You can't read a book. You can't say, oh, one day I want to just do it. You've just got to do it. And, and, and my heart used to jump out of my chest regularly. I would lose my breath. I actually didn't know how I could ever be a public speaker. Now I do it naturally because I'm so used to it and I'm passionate about the topics that I talk about that, that, that I could talk in front of. And I spoke recently, you know, um, and I ran a, a two-day training course in India with over 50 people. Um, and, and I've spoken to crowds of two, 300 people and it doesn't, for me, it's not an issue. It's just, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the stage now a little bit. So we're so conditioned into bad habits. It's actually conditioning ourselves into good habits. Yeah, absolutely. What I say to my accounting students, we're conditioned in so many ways into bad stuff. Now let's look at the good stuff. You spoke about it. And amazing, amazing things happen, right? Amazing yeah. things happen when you, when you change your, your, your perspective on things. Like I hated public speaking. And I hated English, English speeches at school were my worst. The worst thing that I, that I ever did at school and the, the thing that I hated the most was my English speech when I had to stand up in front of the class. I hated it. And, and from that day on, I was kind of, it was ingrained in me to avoid public speaking, avoid yeah. getting up. And then in my career, I was faced with it. I had no choice. And my, and my boss said to me, if you don't get good at this, you, you, your career is going to stagnate. That was, that was kind of a, 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 a pretty you know, realization moment for me saying well, the, top, to the, the top two fears in the world, obviously number one is dying. Yeah. Number two is the fear of public speaking. Yeah. So folks, believe hey, if, you can, believe if you can develop yourself in that, Hey, you're, you're doing well. You, you spoke about India. Talk, talk to me yes. about experiences of India. I've been there as well. How did you find India? Yeah, I know. I mentioned, I think we even bantered a bit before I left and you said, um, I'll enjoy it. And I, I went to India with, with sort of a, um, almost a preconceived idea of what I was heading into because, you know, I'm, I'm aware, you know, having, having, grow, having grown up in Johannesburg, having lived amongst the have and have nots okay. with, with a massive gap, yeah. I, I was kind of prepared for, for, that, for that gap that, that exists in your face. Um, when you drive around in Joburg, you see beggars on the street, you see kids, you know, at, at traffic lights or robots, as they say in South Africa, um, you, know, um, you know, begging and, and that. So, so that, that sort of, um, you know, I was kind of prepared for that. But what really blew me away was the size of um, that, that gap was much bigger than South Africa, one. Two, the poverty is far worse. Oh, yeah. Um, and, 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 and just the, the hygiene and the cleanliness of the streets was, yeah. was, was significantly worse. Yeah. And, and, and yet... Despite that fact of this massive gap, you know, population of the city alone, more than 100 million, you know, that's, that's, that's you know, double South Africa's entire country and, and, you know, almost five times, you know. Do you know, do you know, many, do you know many people there are in Ireland, in the whole island? Six what? million. Six million. Wow. That's, yeah. that's what hit me massively as well. You're going into Delhi. And it's got hundreds of millions in one city. You go on the, in the greater area, and you go, "Oh, this is just crazy." The yeah. other thing, just to touch on, on your point about the cleanliness, you know, if you think of stereotypical Ireland, right, the rolling green fields, the animals, <laughs> the clean air, the culture, the beauty, the ancient monuments, my yeah. village, my village is that stereotype. Yeah. So I look out my living room window, and there are cows. I <laughs> I go out. 
the back door. Well, you probably, you probably see cows in India as well, right? So, <laughs> oh yeah, walking on the street, <laughs> the sacred cows. But That's right. You know, I couldn't believe even the air, the quality of the air. That's what got me more than anything. Yeah. And but then, but James, uh, apart from all that, and you're right. Um, what really shocked me was that people were happy. Oh yeah, and 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 oh, yeah. and 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 the attitudes were phenomenal. They were warm and welcoming and happy. And so that really threw me. That that massively threw me because I was like expecting to see, you know, yes, the poverty, um, but actually I saw poverty, which was worse than I expected. Yet the attitudes of people were a thousand times better than I expected. Yeah. Because I expected people to be running around begging and coming and begging at me every five seconds. I had not one person beg at, you know, come to me begging for, for, for something. Awesome. Um, you know, I, I had people trying to negotiate things and take a skim of it, of course. But, you know, uh, ultimately, you know, that's just, 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 you know, good business, I guess, for, for those um, running around in the streets. But ultimately, you know, that, that really shocked me because I'm used to haves and have-nots in the cities of Joburg mm-hmm. and there's violence and there's crime and, there's, and it's in your face and you don't feel safe. I, 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 I didn't feel that. I didn't feel so unsafe. Um, I felt and, incredibly uh, safe. I felt incredibly safe. There was no, and, and you don't get that. You don't, no you know, crap. you don't get that in the in, in the streets of Joburg. And and and, yeah. and I guess for me that was kind of almost a, a shock. I was, I was expecting to feel unsafe. I was expecting to kind of see a lot of unhappy people. I was expecting to see miserable people complaining. No one complained. N- not one person. Everyone had smiles on their faces. It was yeah. wonderful. Definitely a place to go. Definitely a bucket list. Um, and just even the other, I don't know what you've seen of the the country in terms of the splendor of some of the monuments and things. I was very lucky. I'd done a 13-day tour of the northern part of the country, and I've seen some absolutely amazing things. So I would certainly say for anybody out there wanting a culture shock, get, get out to India. Definitely get out to India. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of both business and life then, do you see any traits uh, especially maybe on the, on the entrepreneurial side, Lance, of failure. So what sort Absolutely. of th- okay? What what sort of things would you see that the people do that actually leads them to failure? So so I'll cover both entrepreneurial and corporate because I guess I've I've, I've now lived both. Um, yeah. And and obviously you know your audience will will probably be toying with both. Do I go start a business or do I go into a corporate career? Yeah. And I still think a corporate career is useful in terms of getting experience. But, you know, um, there's certain things that, that you need to be aware of. And I think failure for me, it's really three things. One, people give up, right? It's too easy to give up on something and, and people give up way too soon. Two, when they give up, they stop learning and stop experimenting. So, you know, you, the only way you do really learn, apart from the, the technical learning, which is only 10% of your 70, 20, 10, 70% of our learning is through, is through actually doing yeah. and experimenting. So, you know, people stop learning and stop experimenting. They, they stop, you know, you know, going out to learn new things. That's absolutely, a, uh, you know, an ingredient to failure as is giving up. And the third one is they don't have a purpose or they haven't found one or they stopped looking for a purpose. And so they just plod along doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something to change. Definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a change. Um, it's, it, it's crazy. So I think those are the three things. Giving up, stop learning, and don't have a purpose. And if, you, and if you've got all those three, you know, your, your life's going to be a misery. And it's, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's so easy to change. Your mindset and what you can control 
By doing those three things, you've got a fixed mindset. You've got to take a growth mindset. You've got to throw yourself into challenges, learn by doing, and ultimately everyone fails. It's what you do after that failure. You learn from the failure as opposed to do you give up after the failure. And that's where most entrepreneurs and most people in corporate lives fail their careers. They get get to a spot in their career and they say, I've now arrived, I'm a GM, I'm a head of, you know, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to get my salary and I'm going to go home. And that's failure. To me, that's failure. Three, three things on that, just for everybody out there. The insanity quote, that was possibly Einstein's greatest quote, in my opinion. The yes. second one, mindset, the growth versus fixed mindset. Everybody out there, and maybe I'm going to steal your thunder in terms of books here. <laughs> Carl, Carl Dweck wrote Mindset. Read that, folks. And the other one, and I only heard this on Wednesday, and Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, has coined this one. I have to read it. People who hold their breath the longest win. Yeah. And I thought that's fairly a fairly good way. So the longer yeah. you can stick in there, no matter yeah. what's happening to the left, yeah. to the right, to the forward yeah. or back of you, just stick in there. It's an absolutely great message. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me what you're most proudest of, both personally and professionally. Well, I'd say I'm personally, I'm most proud of my two kids. I've got two beautiful kids, um, you know, helping them um, be happy and successful in life um, is one of my greatest achievements. Um, And and that's an ongoing challenge as well. Um, You know, helping them find purpose and passion is, is important. You know, um, you know, I asked my son, what did he want to do? And he, and he says, Oh, he wants to do computers. He wants to do programming. And I said, I said, that's great. I said, uh, I said, you know, um, you know, and I just threw this to him. I said, oh, do you want to ever build financial models? And, and he turned around to me and he says, but, but dad, like building models is like building a program. And I said, absolutely it is, right? So programming and coding is no different to building a spreadsheet because ultimately you're writing yeah, formulas to build a process. So, so it was, I was blown away. I never, I, I don't know, you know, he just pulled that out. But, you know, I've never been able to solve a Rubik's Cube. So now... I've worked with him to solve a two by two and a three by three, and he's currently working on a four by four. So helping him do things better than what I did is, is something that, that, that is a great accomplishment. Now, my daughter is not great at maths, and that's still a big challenge for me. So that's, that's something I haven't kind of nailed yet. But, you know, kids are wonderful. And I think the achievements that, that, that you know, it's not about telling your kids what to do. It's about getting them to discover what they want to do themselves. And I think that's something which... Um, you know, my parents were really good at, they didn't force me to do something which I didn't want to do. That always yeah. gave me the options. I know, you know, many generations before that, it was like, oh, you had to be a doctor, a lawyer or an accountant. And, yeah. you know, uh, I just don't think that any three of those, if it's not your passion, that it's worth pursuing. And I think that's a good one. Uh, we're in the, you know, we're in the entrepreneurial sort of stage now, entrepreneurial revolution. We're out of the industrial revolution, which my father, for example, was the product of. He worked in an in, in in industry for as a general engineer for 35 years, and, he, and by his own admission, he didn't particularly like any day that he went to work. But now yeah. we're in the generation that you can't, and people on this series have heard me say this, you can't make a million quid from your bedroom. The potential is there. But if you're passionate about it and want to do a certain area, go and do it because the opportunities are now there that have never been there ever before. So definitely to, to go for it. Um, biggest um, achievement or biggest thing you're proud of in your professional life? Um, I'd have to say starting my business. Mm. Um, you know, starting my business is probably my, you know, I now have uh, 10 contractors working for me in four different countries. 
Um, I have a full-time virtual assistant in the Philippines Brilliant. and my team's growing. Um, so I think uh, the fact that I'm now doing transactions that, and, and building models that the big four accounting firms uh, typically have done means that my business has just kind of taken that extra step leap forward. Um, I've worked with two ASX listed, uh, that's the Australian Stock Exchange. Okay. I've w worked with two ASX listed uh, clients in, in helping them. Um, I actually took uh, an ASX, a, a, a client um, to an IPO. Building, building models that help them achieve success is kind of part of you know, being in, in, in my business. And I guess seeing those, there's multiple successes through that, but I guess the main success is obviously creating the business that I did. And, and um, you know, looking at you know furthering that. So for anyone out there, Lance, that is sort of in, in that in between transition stage between okay, do I make the jump to leave the nine to five to go into an entrepreneurial um, aspect? What's the key tips then to make that jump? Do you think? I think the key thing is coming back to that point of failure, right? What's your purpose, right? If you, and, and I see this all the time, right? Um, you know, I don't like the word, both David and I don't like the word virtual CFO. People think, oh, you know what? I'm just going to leave, leave my corporate life. I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to consult too many businesses. And I actually wrote a, a, a blog on this around the good, bad and ugly of a virtual CFO. Yeah. People think that they, you know, money is a purpose. Money is an output, you know. Money is, 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 is not the main purpose. And so if you're going to build a business around money, it's going to fail. Um, so, you know, people don't think about what they want to do, what they're passionate about, number one. Number two is how do they make their business scalable? What I mean by that is how do they make money when, they don't, when they're not actually working? How do they make money when they sleep? Yeah. And, if you, and if you're not going to do that, you're not going to build a business that has purpose and you're not going to build a business that makes money while you sleep, then all you're doing is you're substituting yourself from one employer to multiple employers, namely clients. So people say, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a virtual CFO and I'm going to consult to all these clients. And then they realize that, that you know, as, and, and I coined this phrase, the power of one is the power of none. When it comes to a business like that, you cannot build a business around yourself. You need to build a team. You need to build infrastructure. And I think anyone thinking about doing that needs to think really deeply about, you know, Get a canvas. There's actually great canvas around business business models and business processes. Um, do research online. Watch Ga Gary Vee. I mean, he's got some phenomenal things. I mean, I, I, I take a lot of tips out from, from what, what he's done. And, you know, I love, I love his content. And, you know, how do you set that up? Um, you know, there's lots of great things out there, but, but you've got to have a purpose. And I think that's the key. If you don't have a purpose, you're going to be miserable and you're just going to go back to where you are and you're going to lose ground. So, do research. It took me a good 20 years to work out my purpose, right? Yeah. And so I continue. I still enjoyed the work that I was doing. Those organizations I worked for, I enjoyed. But I got to put to a point in my career where I stopped enjoying what I was doing. You were the, you were the, hamster, so, you were the, the hamster in the wheel. I was in the hamster wheel, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, was, I was the walking yeah. dead. I was the walking dead. And, and, and I thought, this is not my life. Um, and, I, and I guess, um, you know, doing something about it is key. I think just saying I want to get out of corporate because I had a bad review or I didn't get a bonus is not good enough, right? It's got to be a really burning desire to do something different. And it's not about you. It's actually about everyone else. It's about what am I going to do differently to society? And if you don't have that, jumping out and doing that, it's, you know, you're going to fail. You've got to have a purpose.
Yeah, I have um, I have a coach myself, a mentor, and he's one of I would say saying he's a very good friend of mine now. And and if I can see if I can get this the right way around, the people define success by the amount of money that you have, but actually it's the other way around. So you know you can actually then get success. Or you can get money by being successful and being successful is actually by helping and providing service to as many people as possible. So it's Correct. actually inverting that. And Correct. For too many people, it's the wrong Chase money. Yeah. Yeah. They chase um, money. They chase the dollars. And, and that's not, that's not, that's not the point. And the thing that's, with me, the thing with me, Lance, that drives me isn't necessarily money. Don't get me wrong. I want to have the talk of financial freedom. Yes, I do want that, but I chase experiences. So if you see, you know, you've obviously seen my social media and I'm slightly different. I'm not the stereotypical <laughs> just, just, a, just, just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> I am not the stereotypical accountant. So I will go and do an exam coaching tip from the Sphinx. Or I will, you know, I, but it's going to these places. It's experiencing things. It's having, I was in Dublin, Dublin yesterday with five like-minded people. And I sat in a bar. They all had beers and had a coffee. And we were chatting about anything. And that to me was equally as good. So instead of necessarily chasing, and I was building connections. And again, with that, we may not do something in the future with them, with you, Lance, whatever that leads on to a bit more money. And, and you know, that's, I think that's where the world is going with all this. So it, it's, it's, it's a great message to put through. So I maybe stole your thunder on the best book. Have you any? Oh, you, t- you, t- you totally did. Just a wee, a wee, a, a wee steal there, mate. A wee, a wee bit. That's your, you're learning the, you're learning the language, <laughs> my friend. Favorite books? Is it? Was it mindset? Was it? Yeah, Dr. Oh, Carol Dweck. Oh, oh, absolutely. Sorry. Yeah, Dr. Carol Dweck on mindset. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, um, um, I'm, 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 re- I'm reading another one. Um, at the minute, what's it? Uh, the subtle art of not giving a f- uh, f- f- an a f- f- fact, a uh, fact. Fact. I, um, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm part. I'm part way through that. So I think that's you know. But ultimately, it's all about you know that as well comes back to mindset. That book as well comes to mindset. And I think mindset has to be for me the most single most important book that I've read because it's applicable to everything you do, whether it's a relationship, oh, yeah. whether it's a sporting career, whether it's your career, whether it's whether it's whether it's a, being a father um, to to kids. I think you know being fixed in terms of the way that you see things is very dangerous. And look, this stuff's hard and, and it's not easy to take a growth mindset on everything. And I, I take a growth mindset on as much as I can, but I do find myself getting stuck sometimes as well with, with fixed thinking. And, and, you know, we do that as, as natural, but it's a being aware of that, I think, is, is the key. Yeah, no, without a doubt, awareness is massive. And that's what I'm, what I'm trying to do is every single decision or nearly... Not every thought, obviously, because you've got 60,000 thoughts racing through your mind every day, but any key things that are ha- is happening, and I had a couple of things over the last couple of weeks, is actually challenging myself and going, why the hell did I think that? Or is that leading, is that something that happened before that's triggering so- something that I'm saying now or doing now? So that awareness is massive. And my mentor turned around to me and said to me last week, James, you're much more aware than, than, than ever before. And I went, well, I don't think necessarily that is ever before. It's more, it's more uh, consistent. So I've yeah. now got much more yeah. consistent awareness, yeah. which yeah. is a huge thing. So if anybody's out there, whenever you react to something, think why. Why are you doing yes. it? Yes. And then challenge yes. yourself. 
yeah. because I'm a firm believer that our consciousness is absolutely amazing. And yeah. if you can sort of jailbreak the way you're thinking, yeah, that leads to all, all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, best book that I have, I've actually a couple of ones that great for people out there who are non-accountants and accountants alike is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes, Robert Kizaki. I'm delighted you pronounced his surname and not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You saved, you saved me there. I thought it was absolutely great. As an accountant, just the way he, or just the way he put it. So anybody out there, read that. And then I'm actually listening to an audio book. I have listened to an audio book. Finished it yesterday in the, just in the car. It is called Deep Truths by Greg Braden, who's a scientist. And he is trying to debunk all the theories that people take as as gospel as such. Yep. So like the, yep. the, the theory of evolution, the theory of relativity, all that stuff. And he's trying to say, but be more aware, be more conscious. These things yep. may not necessarily be the truth. Yeah, and it's just encouraging people to think about different things, which is great. Well, it's like it's like our diet, right? So we were told that fat is bad, and so we eat carbs, and sugar's good, right? So you know, sugar's good for you. Sugar gives you energy. Now, sugar is actually finding sugar's the, the smoking, right? Sugar yeah. is sugar is the is the killer, and I think uh, in Australia they're starting to become more aware of that. But I see sugar as as probably our next biggest killer. It's the, it's sugar. I don't know if you know is the most addictive substance on the earth by any other drug. Never knew. Right? Um, and 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 you think about how if you you know have your sugar highs and sugar lows and you crave sugar, you know, um, you know, it's it, it's it's more addictive than than any other substance, and it's pretty crazy. And you know, we've had food companies, you know, pull walls over our eyes. And, and I guess I was succumb to that. But anyway, let's not get on it's, the no, sugar, sugar stuff, but it's, 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 it, I think it's something that's key. It's, we're going to, we're, we're, it's just confirming conditioning on one side and awareness on the other side. Yeah, correct. So that's really, so the last, well, last two sort of more professional questions and then we'll go on to <laughs> a good, a good uh, fun question. What are your top five career tips for anybody out there? Will it be going into their first job? Will it be coming out or wanting to progress in a career or maybe trying to make a step into entrepreneurship? Top five tips. Oh, mate, James, I love this question because it actually made me stop and think about um, this really, really um, deeply. Um, and I guess one of the things I haven't had an opportunity to do that. And so thanks for giving that to you to stop and pause. No so um, I thought about this really clearly and succinctly based on what my own experience has been. And I'd say number one, and some of these are kind of dual, head, dual headed, but they connected. Uh, so number one is work hard and give it your best all times at all the times, even if you're not feeling great. So I think it's mm -hmm. so important to give it your best and work hard. There's, there, there is no... There's, there is no, um, uh, you know, and we know when we don't. We know when we're not at our best and we know where we haven't. But you still try to perform at your best even though you haven't. You've got to work hard. Otherwise, you're just never going to get results. Definitely. Two, never give up, right? Just don't give up. Um, give up is failure. When you continue on, you haven't failed yet. You're still trying. Yeah. So you determine when you fail, not anyone else. You know, failure happens when you give up. So I think... Don't give up and you just don't fail. You just continue to learn and, and, and get better. Um, so that's number two. Number three, life isn't easy. Suck it up and move on. You know, the hard times provide us opportunities to learn from yourself and the environment around you. So it's not going to be easy, whether it's your career or your personal life. It's not easy. No one said it was. But stop complaining. Suck it up and move on and, and know that 
the hard time is actually where you learn and grow. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I, I was working crazy. I was at an investment bank. I wanted to throw in the towel. I hated it. Um, and, um, you know, I look back now at, the, at that time in my life and I'm saying, wow, I learned so much about myself and so much, you know, I developed so much about managing deadlines and stress during that time that I probably would never have done if I just threw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, four, find your purpose. I guess I mentioned it earlier as well. And once you've got it, pursue it and don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. Uh, I think that is critical. Um, you know, your purpose still might be in, you know, working for someone. I'm not saying that your purpose has to be an entrepreneur. You just make sure that whatever your purpose is, is linked to the purpose of that organization yeah. and that the goals and, and, and the values of that organization is in sync with yourself. Don't ever, you know, um, substitute um, your own purpose for someone else's or the organization's because, you know, you just know deep down it's just never going to work and you're just going to be unhappy and there's just too many people that are unhappy out there, so don't do it. Um, number five, and I could probably put this a bit higher up on the list, but, but um, it came out number five is challenge yourself, right? Yeah, you absolutely must challenge yourself, not just um, you know, intellectually, but physically, right? Physically and mentally, you have to step out your comfort zone. You know, it's the, again, coming back to the growth mindset, it's the best place for you to learn and make mistakes while doing so. Um, you know, Natalia had had something on, on the interview that you did with her, which I thought was great is, you know, when you're starting to build that audience and your first few tweets, that's the best time to make mistakes. Yeah. Right. And everyone did it. So, so I think, you know, you've got, you don't, don't, don't stop putting yourself out there. Now, you know, I've had to do that. I've had to write, write blogs and, and come on to interviews like, like this and podcasts like this. And, you know, we're going to go Facebook live shortly, you know, and do stuff that, 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 that's, that's pretty scary. Um, for, you know, when you, when you think about it, but you know, you've got to put yourself out there. And I think, you know, doing that, you'll just go, you know, if you're in a career and, and your boss says, you know, do this or do that, um, why not take the initiative and say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to go over here and do something else. And I'm going to do it out of my own, my, my own spare time after hours or on weekends. You know, you want to push yourself and people want to work with people like that. And people will reward people who do that. So the more you push yourself and go outside of your comfort zone and outside of your boundaries, don't, don't get boxed in. Just push, push outside and, and amazing things will happen. Absolutely brilliant advice. Brilliant advice. Right, we're going to go on to a couple of the fun questions here because the, the serious stuff's great, but let's get to the fun stuff. <laughs> right, Lance, on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? Eleven. Ah, so am I. Um, <laughs> I say that because how many accountants will willingly make themselves redundant from a job, right? And, and, mm. and, 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 and so I did that. You know, I am obsessed with uh, you know, um, physical activities as well. You know, I was a two-time um, national champion in Taekwondo, um, you know, kicking and punching and being brilliant. kicked and, and punching through martial arts is something that I actually enjoyed. Um, you know, again, that's, that's, that's pretty weird for someone who's a professional person and, and putting on what, a suit and tie. What, 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 what height and weight are you, Lance? Um, so I'm six foot, 183 centimeters, um, and I'm now weighing about 85 kilos. Um, so yeah, about 13, about 13, 14 stone in our... In our- and our old money here, yeah, I'll not take you on. Don't worry. <laughs> no, that's look. I've had to face. I had to face um, people seven foot before in a sparring bout, and that's pretty pretty scary. So I'm six foot and facing against someone who's seven foot. 
Yeah, um, with I, legs and arms longer than me is, is um, you know, yeah, pretty challenging. I'm uh, what am I? I'm about five nine, five ten, and fifteen and a half stone, so I'm nearly hundred kilos. But I'm from wow. a sort of a well, used to do a lot of powerlifting, a lot of weights, that sort of thing. Yeah, that was my yeah. thing. So yeah, but I do need to get back into that. I haven't. Yeah. Okay, so here's another thing. We 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 know what you're good at. What are you not good at? Oh, um, what am I not good at? Um, I'd have to say that switching off um, um, and really disconnecting from the matrix, I'm not good at. Um, I, I'm trying to run a business with 10 contractors, as I said, in four countries. Um, and I'm just not good at turning off. I'm not good at disconnecting from the matrix, not looking at my phone. I look at it too much. Um, I get, you know, every now and then my wife screams and shouts at me. My kids even know that I'm addicted to my phone. I literally am addicted to my phone. Yeah. And it's not, it's, 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 you know, it's two and a half years into building my business and my business is going global and it's just really hard not to be, you know, constantly connected, particularly now we're working, we're trying to, um, ways awareness in South Africa, you know, South Africa is a good eight, eight to nine hours, depending on the time of the year, um, you know, behind us. So, you know, they're waking up when I'm going to sleep. And so, you know, often I have to be up at strange hours and, um, you know, I did a, I, I did a webinar, oh, no, sorry, I did a meeting with um, Larissa, um, yeah. you know, not, not too long ago. And, uh, um, you know, I was at, up at 12, you know, 1 a.m., um, you know, on a global teleconference call. So I think, you know, that's a problem. I'm not very good at switching off. I'm not very good at half, you know, kind of just like, you know, just doing a little bit. I've got to do it all or nothing. So all that's nothing. that's a, that's still a challenge. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I can, I can relate to that. Um, I've noticed myself being drawn to the phone more and more. Uh, it's, it's certainly something that I have to contend with. Another book that I'm actually reading at the minute, written, written by Russell Brand, and it is, it is about addictions and, you know, we all have them, no matter what, you know, it mightn't be drink or drugs or that, but that's, that's addictive. Watching TV is addictive. Whatever that may be is addictive. Yeah. And people just, again, stand to awareness. So I am consciously turning off the phone at night and it doesn't come into the bedroom at all. Um, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, I've, oh, it was yeah. disturbing my sleep and, and things. So definitely yeah. those addictions. I don't have a problem sleeping. That's my that, see. That's my challenge. I literally don't have a problem sleeping. I sleep anywhere. You, you ask anyone who knows me. I can sleep on planes, trains. In fact, I I, I slept on a on a game drive. Um, you know, this is a four by four game drive going up and down. My head was smacking against um, you know, someone's lap while I was sleeping, um, and yet I still <laughs> slept. Like um, it was like, a, like they would say here, you could sleep in the ditch. Literally, I could sleep in the ditch. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. Right, Lance. Thank you very, very much for that. Um, that was an amazing interview. That was actually that's touching through about forty-five minutes, and there's some really, really um, key messages and some quality stuff there. Yep. And right. I know we will be doing something in the future, probably more directed into our accounting, uh, our accounting uh, connections and things. So that will be equally yep. as good. So, sir, thank you very much for that there. Pleasure. I hope you guys got, you got a lot of good stuff out of that. Man, you're a gentleman. We'll be in touch soon. No worries. Thanks, James. Take All care, the best. Man. Keep it up. I will indeed. I will indeed.